The Holy Gospel according to John, the 13th chapter. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A few years ago, actually it was 2013, on Passover Eve, which tonight is the eve of Passover, Passover begins tomorrow, one of my Facebook friends, Keith Anderson, posted an article by a rabbi questioning the practice of Christians hosting Passover seders, thinking that the Last Supper of Jesus was a Passover meal. The article pointed out that the modern Seder did not exist at the time of Jesus. 
but came into its current form between the time of the destruction of the Jerusalem temple in 70 AD and the fourth century. Additionally, it developed to help Jews maintain their identity in an increasingly Christian world. Passover was celebrated differently in Jesus' time. The Judaism that Jesus knew was destroyed along with the Jerusalem temple in 70 AD. And so the Jewish faith had to be reinvented because it was, at that point, temple-centered. My favorite theologian, Robert Jensen, points out that this happened at the same time that the Christian faith was developing, so that the church and the synagogue grew up together, often in opposition to one another. The Lord's Supper, for example, reached its current form in the fourth century, around the same time that the Seder meal reached its final form. So it's intriguing that today's first and second lessons give us first the Passover and the Last Supper. Both of these are meals of identity. Jews celebrate the Passover meal to remember how God formed them as a people by bringing them out of slavery in Egypt. Christians celebrate the Lord's Supper to remember Jesus' death and resurrection and his promise to be with us whenever we do this in remembrance of him. The Lord's Supper forms us as Christ's people. In John's Gospel, eating Christ's body and blood lead to loving one another as he loved us. John does not recount Jesus instituting the Lord's Supper as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Paul do. But instead, he has the new commandment enacted in Jesus washing his disciples' feet. That's kind of the closest thing we have to the Lord's Supper in John's Gospel. That and chapter 6 of John, where he writes about Jesus being the bread of life. As the point of Holy Communion is Jesus' self-giving, so the point of foot washing is self-emptying. On this day, we remember the new commandment and Christ emptying himself. And then we are called to empty ourselves first in confession and absolution, and now in the foot washing. When foot washing was reintroduced to mainline Protestants as part of the liturgical renewal of the 1960s and 70s, it was the ministers washing the feet of lay people. I guess some of the rest of you are old enough to remember when we didn't do this. Lutherans didn't do this until probably the late 70s. And in many congregations, it took longer than that. So this business of having the ministers wash the feet of lay people was the way it got introduced. And it made sense in the Catholic context where ordination is a sacrament. But it doesn't really make sense in the Protestant context. Our Mennonite neighbors have been doing this for centuries. But... They wash each other's feet, and I think they do it on Good Friday, but they've been doing it forever. The men on one side and the women on the other side, and everybody's feet gets washed. You start out with the leaders washing the first person, and then once your feet are washed, you wash the feet of the next person, and so on. 
We're not going to do it that way this year. We're going to keep doing what we did, but I'm warning you, next year we're going to do it the other way. We're going to do it like the Mennonites do it. Having all of us do this for each other makes sense, especially in a congregation like Upper Dublin, where the sense of community and caring for each other and belonging to each other is so important and so strong. Washing and having our feet washed by someone else is humbling, and it's an expression of care and of biblical love, as Jesus commands it in tonight's gospel. Humbling ourselves before others is the point of foot washing. We humble ourselves as Christ humbled himself. We do this to practice his new commandment that we love one another. And this is how we prepare for the celebration of the Christian Passover, Christ's Passover from death to life. By following the command of Christ to do this, to remember him in the meal and in the washing of feet. Amen.